Hi, and welcome to the latest and greatest of the Honest Modern Dating Podcast. With me, your host, motherfucking Harvey Hook. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about three things that pain me and um, that I really feel like a lot of people need to know or need to hear about. And they, those three are blowing out insecurities. We have incredible sex. And also, how to have awesome conversations. And so I'm going to be giving each section a 10-minute segment um, that's going to be very powerful and deep. And I really hope that you guys get a lot out of this podcast because there are three topics that I really feel like I need to talk about and that you guys need to hear. And that it is coming out of me, whether I like it or not. And that, uh, so I'm happy to be here with you now as you listen to this while you're driving, while you're walking, while you're at the gym, while you're at home that maybe through this shared conversation that we have, that you can then further your life, further your love life, further your relationships, go deeper, have amazing conversations, connect with people at a core, deeper, fundamental level, and really shed the skin that we have developed over our life. So the first one, the first uh, topic that we wanted to talk about is, in fact, blowing out insecurities. So why I say blowing out insecurities? Because first of all, I want you to know this is that emotions have a cycle. They have a cycle. This is what we refer to often as closing a loop, that emotions themselves have a cycle, that they have a start and a finish. And often what you find is that when, and I'm talking about this as a very fundamental level, is that when an emotion has finished a cycle once, what we then teach our body is that what our body learns, it's it's a learning process in the same way that your body learns to touch fire and is like, oh, fire hot, no, touch again. Um, we then learn that how to get through it again. And this is why I often say, if you want to heal or help other people, the best thing you can do is heal or help yourself because you will have finished that cycle and therefore you can help other people get through that cycle, the specific cycle that you've been through, quicker, faster, better than anyone else can. And so, so to, to, to understand insecurity, so understand how insecurities work, we do have to have this cycle kind of idea in our head that honestly, when it comes to insecurities, if we are insecure, there are two major things that happen. The first thing is, is that if we are insecure, it is that there is an unexpressed emotion and we are labeling it as insecurity. For example, I like the idea of people who have social anxiety because I grew up with that. Um, that people with social anxiety tend to label it as social anxiety when really it might stem from a place that we need to push people away or it might stem from a place that we need our solitude. And if you label it as social anxiety, you say, I am socially anxious, then you devalue the real core reason. So the first thing is to notice that we have to uncover the core reason. And if you want to understand this, one of the best things you can do is ask yourself or have someone else ask you, or if I'm your coach, I will then ask you this at a deeper level, at a more professional level, um, what we refer to as the five whys. So the five whys, I think, stems from Honda or something like that. I can't remember who came up with it, but it's, um, it's a way of understanding a core motivating thing. So if someone says, I'm socially anxious, you then say, why are you anxious? And they'll say, oh, well, I'm, uh, I'm anxious or I'm insecure because of, uh, you know, I, I, I'm anxious when I'm, uh, I'm just going to give you an A example, a uh, mythical example, uh, an example I encounter. Someone would say, I'm anxious because um, 
Every time I want to express myself, I feel like I can't. And then you ask, why do you feel like you can't? And then that person might say, oh, uh, I feel like I can't because every time I've said something, I, um, I, I feel like uh, you know, I get shut down. And then you say, why do you feel like you get shut down? And then you say, oh, you know, because every time I say something, no one responds the way I think they should. Then you ask them how, you could say how or why, like it doesn't always have to be why, it just has to be probing. How should they respond? And they say like this, I like this, and this. And it's like, why should they respond like that? It's like, well, if they're interested in me, they should know. And then you get to approach the real situation. Now, this is what is commonly referred to. There's a Tibetan word for it called Shen Pa, which means scratching the itch. You know, if you've ever driven down a road, you've ever experienced this, and a police car is going to pull you over or is even driving nearby, and in your head, you're like, I'm guilty (laughs) of whatever it is. What you find is, is that's that emotional scratching the itch. That scratching the itch can happen so quickly, so fast in our minds at a subconscious level that we go down this path that we don't even think. So it's like, um, for example, a police car pulls over and you're like, when was the last time I did drugs? Was it last year? I, I was, I, I smelt weed once when I was walking down the streets like four years ago. I'm guilty, you know, like I'm going to go to jail. And we, we go down these paths of these emotional thinking of like shit, 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 shit. And that's the Shen part. So when you ask five whys, what you're doing is you're uncovering the deepest itch, so to speak, the deepest itch in the insecurity. Then when you have that, often what happens is, is when this has come to light, we actually know it. We actually, we, we know it and we experience it. We're like, oh my God, I'm such an idiot. You know, I can't believe I was just, I was looking for people to, to say they love me in a certain way. You know, because then you can uncover it and you can understand it deeper. And as I am your coach, right? If we were to work together, we would to, um, we would uncover this and really get to the core of this situation, help you understand and process it. Now, the second way to truly blow out insecurity is to let that insecurity run its cycle. So whether that means you follow your highest excitement and follow that, or you do, you know, what can commonly refer to as exposure therapy. Um, what's important is, is that you're exposing yourself to the emotion, whether it's through meditation, whether it's through real life or whatever it is to which you can allow that emotion to finish its own cycle. That if emotions have in fact a cycle, that they have a start and a finish, once they finish, you then are able to finish that cycle a lot quicker because our body, our mind learns, um, which is a beautiful thing to know and a beautiful thing to experience if or when you can. I'm sure, just as a real life example, I'm sure there's been a time in your life where you have, you know, you felt sad or you felt depressed or felt whatever, and then you processed it and then you noticed that happening again but you notice that your behavior was different, that when you felt sad or anxious or whatever, that in fact, you were able to finish it or finish it quicker, and it was this whole thing that just seemed to happen. Now, what you notice is, is that when emotions finish their cycle, when you finish a cycle, when you complete or whatever that you're doing, uh, when, when the emotion finishes, you will notice that the events themselves will stay the same, but your responses to the events will be different that the events themselves will stay the same, but you yourself will respond differently to those situations. So for example, if you are insecure about your appearance, 
that you then will go to the same events, you will be invited, you have the same social life, but your responses to them will be different. That if you are, that if you want to wear something sexual or something amazing or something whatever, that you will then allow yourself to do it. You know, for example, and this, and this becomes, and it's a beautiful thing. It's like, what comes first, chicken or the egg? You will then notice past tense. That's the most important thing is, you will notice a change in your behavior past tense. Because most of the time, what we're actually doing is backwards rationalizing. That we backwards rationalize that if we do this thing, that, you know, it's, it's, I'm talking about like very fundamental things here, but it's like that we backwards rationalize the emotion. There's a story about uh, the fox and the grapes. And in this story, there's a fox, a cute little fox, who's in the jungles of India, who's going to cross to the other side of the jungle so we can meet his foxy friends and do whatever the fuck foxes do. And as he walks through the forest the entire day, he gets hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. And then he sees some lovely grapes. And he goes, oh, grapes. These grapes are going to be my grapes. That I will eat these grapes. And they will make me, they'll, they'll, they'll finish my hunger. They'll finish my thirst. Oh, these grapes are going to be so sweet. Only to fucking realize he's a motherfucking fox. He can't find, climb a tree. He can't get to those grapes or he can't get to them. And so he then backwards rationalizes that, ooh, those grapes, they were going to be sour anyway. I bet they were going to be the worst. Oh my God, I hope I don't have these grapes anymore because fuck, they're going to be horrible. And how often do we do that? That's what we call backwards rationalization. That more often than not, we will notice that only truly we can actually backwards rationalize our subconscious emotions. So when we're communicating, when we're expressing, when we're understanding a deeper relationship with someone, that the relationship that we have, that the emotions and love that we share is in fact coming from a deeper place. And that when we understand ourselves, we can only ever truly understand ourselves like an iceberg. And maybe that's enough because that might be enough to navigate the world. But um, our subconscious stores so much information that we, as you can say it, that we are not ready for. And I love that. Now, part two, how to have incredible sex. Now, the way to have incredible sex is we have to look at sex differently. We have to look at it differently. So I like the metaphor of sex like being like two people playing an instrument. What you're doing is you're playing an instrument together and you're jamming, jamming. You know, and if you've ever seen a piano or a saxophone or something like that, is that it wants to be played. You touch a button and it responds. It makes music. It just produces the sound it was meant to be. And you find that most music instruments, they want to be played. They have this energy about them that that you apply music or pressure and they just make sound. It's because they've been designed that way. And what I find is our bodies, when it comes to sexual pleasure, sexual intimacy, things like that, are in fact the same. So if you consider that sex itself is two people playing an instrument, what's the instrument? That is each other's instrument. Now, this is a shift from most commonly seen or understood sex, or I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you've just slept with someone and they just got off and then they got off you. You know, and how satisfying is that? That's about as satisfying as licking some carpet. Not a metaphor, but physically licking carpet. 
or that's about as satisfying as dusting off a, a really dusty bat. Like, okay, no, that, that can be slightly more satisfying. I'll stop with the metaphors. But what you find is, is that shifting your mindset to this, it creates what we call a level four relationship, a level four connection, which is all about giving. Level one is no relationship. Level two is any relationship. Level three is a transactional relationship. When you consider sex, level three sex would be, I will get you off as long as you get me off, which basically becomes mutual masturbation. And a level four relationship is giving for the sake of giving, knowing that that's the thing to do. So when it comes to sex, you'll find that the most mind-blowing sex will come when you learn to just play someone else's instrument for the sake of producing music because then you in turn teach them to give to you, that you are setting the example. Now, of course, there are gonna be some people that you sleep with or whatever that you interact with or maybe you're intimate with someone and they, they don't have that. They don't understand that. They've never experienced that. And if experiencing that through you is not enough, what you'll find is that they are just level three and maybe they need to be in level three for a while and maybe that sexually you guys don't just connect. Um, and that's that can be sad, but that's a thing. So then we look at it, right? We look at how to play an instrument. How do we play an instrument that sometimes we want to play it hard. Sometimes we want to play it soft. Sometimes it's a melody. Sometimes it's repeated. Sometimes it's varied. Sometimes it's very fast. Sometimes it's very slow. And that each sensation, sometimes it's rough, <laughs> but each sensation, each sound that a person makes, each feeling that they make through their body, through their movement, through their, their sensations is in fact a sound. And of course, like music, people do have preferences. But in order to truly have a deeper, orgasmic, sensual, spiritual, sexual connection, what we need to do is thus consider all styles or all sensations to be unique, to be uh, wonderful, and to not develop a hierarchy. Because if you think that sex should be a certain way, you close the doors to how sex could be, the other doors, the other connections that it could be. For example, if you think sex should be fast, or if you think sex should be slow, you immediately close the doors to the other things. And like anything, I remember probably, if you remember your first time, it probably wasn't as good as the last time you did it, or maybe last time was especially bad, I don't know. But what we find is, is that it's 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 the process of becoming sensitive to these emotions. It's kind of like you become a chef, right? A chef might maybe only knows how to make pasta, which I'm probably gonna make pasta for lunch now, knowing this. But if a chef only knows how to make pasta and then they learn, ooh, there's other kinds of pasta, there's things on top, maybe let's make noodles. You know, the chef becomes a master chef in the same way that you then become more sensitive to different emotions and producing and, and creating and co-creating an amazing sexual experience that you then, like the chef, learns more and becomes uh, adept at different kinds of feelings and things because sex itself is the medium. It's not, in fact, the message. And so what I mean by that is, you know, some people have sex because they're in love. Some people have sex because they're horny. Some people have sex because they're sad. Some people have sex because they're 
excited. Some people have sex because they're not excited, you know? Uh, some people have sex because they're bored. And it's, in fact, the medium for that. And so, if you are to play someone else's instruments, right? The best thing you can do is find out what they need and give it to them. This is a level four relationship because at the same time, what you'll find is you'll support them giving what you need. So they might need rough because they need to experience some emotion. They have rage in them and it just needs to come out through sex. That sex is an intimate way of exploring that and you just need to be loved, that you need to be nurtured, that you need for for your love to come out, for your feelings of sensation of love and caring and giving because you can consider that relationships are in fact a way for us to to heal and to love so that we may love deeper the world, our gift that we can fill ourselves up in the relationship so that we can love others, love things, love events, love people more deeply than uh, than we did before. And so if you need to be nurtured and that person needs to be rough, that then you create, this is what we call a co-creation. So you co-create the sexual interaction as a sum of those parts that you then get to give that roughness in whatever that person needs and they get to give that softness to you in whatever that needs. And the music that you produce as a couple becomes something unique for that point in time. And to realize that maybe, you know, like the way some musicians want to mass produce music and, you know, sell it to the crowd and stuff like that, that maybe that's a thing that you want to know that, you know, you want to be able to repeat a certain experience because fuck, it was probably good. But also simultaneously to let go of repeating experiences, to get let go of repeating a sexual, sexual interaction that you had with your partner then allows it to be unique. And guess what? That uniqueness, that ability for it to be unique becomes variety, which is a human need. So that becomes a need for variety, becomes a need to love you. That to love you and to love each other is an expression and a fulfilling feeling of your needs. Which is why through the act of sex, through the act of relationships, through the act of loving, through the act of giving, though we then we have the ability to get our needs met. Now, what you find is, is that we have this idea of fatigue, of mental and emotional fatigue. So obviously sex, and just like anything physical labor, physical labor can be laborious. But what you'll find is if that if you are fatigued emotionally by a sexual encounter, just like you are in a workplace encounter or in an emotional encounter or a relationships encounter. If you are fatigued, it is because there is a friction. And the friction that you have stems from, it stems from uh, an emotion or a feeling or a thought or a subconscious something that is not fully in alignment, which is why we say to follow your highest excitement because whatever your highest excitement is, is a sum of all your alignments that maybe you can love, but only to an extent. Maybe you can give, but only to an extent. And it is important to respect that, to not just be this super giving thing, because the best way you can give to someone else is in fact to give yourself and to respect your own boundaries. So that if you can only love partially, to love partially to the fullest of that partial amount, 
to be as partial as you can be in your relationship, in your sexual encounter, in your deepest desire in general, to be as impartial if you are sad, to be and make love sadly, that it is okay to have these emotions that just like a conversation, just like a a workout, just like a physical uh, connection with someone, that it is the sum of your emotions at the time that you don't have to be something different than what you are feeling. And when you get and allow yourself to do that, then you then become or you create something deeper, something more you. An example that I love is uh, the latest Thor movie that's coming out. I watched an interview with uh, Chris Hemsworth, I think he's playing Thor. Uh, he says in the last uh, Thor movies that he, he was in, he was always playing the character Thor. And now in the latest one, he's playing himself, just playing Thor, um, which allows him to have more dexterous. And you watch the trailers. I've seen the trailers. I'm, this is fucking, this is funny. Like, I want to watch this because it's his personality. We connect with that because you are not finite. Your personality, like you, your entire fucking life, you've experienced so much. And so how can you sum that up in this one thing? And people get bored of other people when they it becomes like we get the joke, like we know who you are. And if you try to be something that you are not, then you play a role. And when people understand that full role, then they get bored. But if you be yourself, then what you find is, and this works perfectly into the conversations bit, when you be yourself, when you be whatever emotional feeling at that point in time, you become infinite. You do not become finite because your emotions are constantly shifting. It is impossible for someone to get to know your entire lifespan, just like it is impossible for you to even know your entire lifespan because you've experienced it and then we forget it. We distort and delete information. So the last thing I want to talk about is incredible conversations. And I want to talk about that in the sense that I, I kind of like the idea of incredible conversations because how do we do it? Truth be told, there is a fundamental belief that I want you to install in your head right now that you, in fact, do not. And this is something that everyone who's amazing at a conversation believes and they know it because it is the fucking truth that you do not need to know or know, you don't really need to know much about someone to like them. That we feel like, and I find a lot of people like this, but I don't know his favorite color. I've actually had that once where someone was like, I need, but I don't know his favorite color. How do I like him? It's like, it's like, why, why, why is that a thing? You know, that we don't need to really know that much about someone to know or like them. That we just need to experience their vibe. And remember, vibe is the potential for personality. It isn't their entire personality because that is impossible. And so when you are connecting with someone, just as an esoteric level, what you want to do is just allow whatever feeling or thought that you want to express come up. And if you say, but that's inappropriate, be inappropriate. It's better that they get to know you than to get to know the character of you. Now in your workplace, sure, be controlled. But in your relationships, you do not want to be controlled because holy shit, if you do that, you are going to be controlled in all spaces and holy shit, that is not going to be, that's not going to allow you, that's not going to train you to like show you that it's okay to be authentically you. Now, how to be, uh, really have awesome conversations. Let's get some like actual fucking tangible stuff that you can do right now. Uh, first of all, what you want to do is, um, it's called what we call a thread. Uh, if it, a thread is basically a conversation topic. Now, it's uh, when you start a conversation, that's a thread. You know, how's your day going? That's thread one. What you then find is 
you don't want to always ask too many questions. You can ask questions and that's fine, but then it becomes an interview. So if you want a simple structure, one structure I used to work when I was super anxious was something that really worked for me and it helped me understand things was ask a question, then a statement, a question, and a statement, a question, a statement. So if you're, uh, you know, you ask a question, they're like, what are you doing today? They're like, I'm going to the zoo. And then you can make a statement like, I love the zoo. You know, I fucking love it. You know, you know, it's really cool. Like, it's so cool that you're going to the zoo. They're like, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. And it's like, well, what do you love about the zoo? So then it comes up with a statement. Now it's a, 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 a question. So you can then in turn partake between the questions and statements. And that creates an ebb and flow that's not always an interview and not always this fluffy, fluffy thing that you then in turn get to control the conversation. Um... One other way of doing that is also understanding that every time you ask a question, you're basically start you starting or you expand upon a topic. You're either going deeper down that thread or starting a new thread, right? But what you want it to do is be seamlessly organic. So sometimes, um, you know, it's like people do a 180. And I remember this. I once was on Tinder with this girl and I was chatting to her. And uh, this is a real fucking life example. And I was like, you know, she's like, uh, blah, blah, blah. How's your day? And I was like, okay, this is going to be boring. Uh, very good. You know, I did this, this, this. I gave her a million threads that she could follow, you know? And that's what happens is when, when people talk to us, they give us lots of threads that we can then expand upon. You know, I'm going to the zoo. Who are you going with? How long are you going for? You know, what the weather today, that's not zoo weather. You know, there's so many things that we can expand upon and create a really interesting, detailed, amazing conversation in which they experience your vibe and you as consequence. So, um, yeah, so there's all these threads. Uh, what the worst thing you can do is kill a thread. Just like any amazing um, conversation is the same as any amazing television show. So what they do is they open up threads and it keeps the audience hanging. For example, I like the idea of Rick and Morty. You know the, the, the authors, the creators of that, they actually talk about threads, that they open up threads and they don't really end them that much because it keeps the audience hanging. And that's the same with conversations, is that we want to create these threads. We don't have to always conclude them. We can conclude the light ones, but we want to open more than we conclude because isn't that an amazing conversation? I don't know if you've ever had this, but like maybe your closest friends where you're connecting with them and they're just like, you know, you, you talk a lot about nothing and you never finish any of those conversations. That itself is the measure of connection. I, I love that because of a conversational connection at least because you find that you're um, just starting, you're so relaxed that you don't need to finish things. It doesn't matter. And that's what's so cool. And then people connect with that vibe that it doesn't matter. And that allows them to relax and be more deeper and connected with you. So then you find that um, you find that when you're uh, connecting with someone, you want to start these threads. So, you know, someone says, I'm going to the zoo. Then you can be like, okay, cool. Uh, you know, who you, who are you going with? Oh, with my family. Oh, that's really fucking cool. You know, are there any kids going? Because they're going to fucking love it. It's like, yeah, my niece is coming. Fuck yeah. You know, whatever. Like, People then get excited and they can get excited about talking about themselves. People love talking about themselves. And if you, if you don't know how to continue this, if you ever reach a dead spot, use the sentence, so you. So you go, are going to the zoo, yeah? So you have a niece. It gives them something for them to talk about. Now, if you're ever in a conversation where you are feeling like the other person is talking about themselves so much. What I have found is 
is that person needs to do that. They are doing what I call self-referencing, that they are self-referencing a lot and it is because they have an emotional feeling that needs to be expressed. And simply allowing them to do that will ultimately allow them to connect with you more because once they get that out of their system, they're gonna wanna find out about a bit about you. And maybe the reason why they're so thirsty to talk about themselves is because no one else allows them to and you do that, you are giving them the biggest gift that they can have ever perceive and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to give people and it's wonderful and it's amazing and it's lovely. So that was this podcast. I tried a different structure. We're talking about three things, um, both are very deep, very esoterical. Uh, let me know what you think. Uh, you can let me know at harvey at gethimhook.com. And as always, uh, we're going to take down Hannah Riley uh, from Triple J um, just because she's number one, at least in Australia. I just realized it could be Australia. I don't know if it's the world. Um, doesn't matter, but let's get to number one on iTunes. Uh, also, I got my first really funny, I got my first sponsorship for my YouTube thing. Someone wants me to give me some free glasses so I can review them. I'm going to probably do the ad, but I'm going to do it as a joke and be like, you know, like with explosions and stuff. Like, look at me, I got a trailer. You know, I got this, it's really funny. That's always been a dream of mine to get these. So the channel hasn't been going for that long. It's maybe been around a year. Um, it's almost at 2000, which is, you know, it's pretty small, but it's still pretty good. Um, yeah, so thanks so much for listening to this. You guys are amazing as always. Like seriously, like there's a phrase, together we're better. And I would not be better if we weren't together. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, let's try and finish this exactly on 30 minutes. Um, so let's, let's ramble on for another a minute. Uh, yeah, so how's your day going? Very good. Uh, one thing, well, one, one last tid, tidbit that I can say is to live in your authentic nature. It's one of my favorite things to do. Uh, if you do it, you then teach yourself to be it. You then teach yourself to be more authentically you. I love it. The more you do it, the more you experience yourself and you allow yourself to be you uh, because the moment you stifle yourself, the more you're showing yourself to stifle yourself. And so it's so fucking important if you feel like you haven't expressed something to express it, even if you feel like it's the wrong thing to do because logically it is, but emotionally it isn't. And if you look at it, there is a logic to emotions. So thank you so much for listening. You have been amazing. Five, four, three, two, one and in.